Well, good morning. Hopefully, you're all enjoying the great weather that we've had today. And if anybody's like new to Texas, maybe your first time you're celebrating the, this holiday weekend. I mean, uh, April or the 17th is tax day. So how big holiday weekend and no. Okay. Um, it's always like this, the weather you see outside this time of year. Actually, those of you who are from here are like, man, you're lying. You're already starting this whole thing off poorly, sir. Um, no, but it is a beautiful morning. Uh, so we are so happy to, uh, to have you all join us uh, today. I'm particularly grateful for being able to be here to, uh, to share this message, this message of enlisted. Um, I've spent so much time thinking about the topic, and I actually believe that it's one of the most critical truths to understand when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. Because as you search the pages of Scripture, this idea of a soldier and a mission and an enemy and battles, these are all found all over the pages of Scripture. So I'm excited about the message itself, but I'm also honored to actually be sharing this message here at the harbor for the very first time, because quite frankly, most of the uh, project itself and the content inside of it unfolded here at the harbor over the last several years. It really started as a a four-week Bible study at Men's Life, and then right in the midst of this topic, and as God was pressing me in different directions, a member of our small group was deployed to Afghanistan. And during that time, he and I traded a series of emails in regards to what it's like to be in a real battle with a real enemy and the effects of that. And as we went back and forth in this email, I thought to myself, man, there's so much similarity in the spiritual battle that we all have to fight. And that really started this whole concept. And finally, I do want to say this, is it is very humbling to be sharing this message, because I actually believe that this message is a message authored by God, and I know that may sound a bit presumptuous, might raise a few eyebrows, because my name's on the front of the book in tiny print, but at the end of our time together, I want to share a story with you about what God did in my life that, from my seat, unquestionably underscored who wrote the message of, uh, of Enlisted. Well, for starters, I really need to confess up front before we get too far into this that I have had my own challenges with identifying myself as a soldier. In fact, when you think about some of the characteristics of a soldier, you know, one of the first is you think about this idea of courage, courageous. And I would like to think of myself as courage, except when it comes to flying insects. And in fact, if you know my family, it's kind of a common thing that uh, if there's a bee flying around, they're going to very quickly point out the fact that there's one just so they can see me potentially, uh, I'll use the term run away, maybe a little bit loosely, but that is by far not much of an expression of courage. But another characteristic of a soldier, I think, is decisiveness. You know, you think about how decisive a soldier is, but truthfully, about two or three times a week, maybe four, My wife calls me on the phone around mid-afternoon, and she says, so what are you thinking about for dinner tonight? I'm like, I don't know. What are you thinking about for dinner tonight? Do you want to go out to eat? Well, I don't know. Do you want to go out to eat? I can't even decide on whether to go out to eat or eat at home. I see some nodding heads. I'm glad somebody else has this experience than just me. I actually haven't thought about dinner yet. Typically don't think about it until I'm about to eat it, uh, which I know is not always a fair thing, but I'm going to keep the marriage stuff out of here for the day. 
The other characteristic I think of, though, when it comes to a soldier is this idea of expertise in weapons. You know, you read the Bible and it talks about the armor of God, the weapons of warfare. And this is a bit risky for me to admit this, given that I live in the state of Texas, but I actually don't own a weapon. Now, my oldest son, he owns one, but it was given to him as a gift. So I'm like, okay, maybe that kind of sort of qualifies me a little bit. But so many characteristics attached to a soldier that you might naturally think of, I don't think of those for me. But truthfully, over time, as I search the pages of the Bible, and God opens up so much of what he talks about in regards to that mission and enemies and battles, I got to the point where I realized, you know what, maybe, maybe, I'm a little bit more soldier than I think. Now, when you hear the word soldier, or even the word enlisted, I'm not sure what comes to mind. Some of you might have a little bit of a difficulty connecting with that. Now, I'm sure there are some military folks here in the room today who are like, yes, amen, man's talking my language. I can connect. But then there's probably another group of you who are maybe really far removed from that, and you're thinking... I don't think so. This isn't my cup of tea. And you're thinking maybe you'll doze off, uh, catch up on some sleep. I'll do my best to keep you engaged. But there could be another group of you who actually isn't as just familiar with what the Bible says in regards to a soldier and enlisted in battles in the enemy. No matter where you are on that spectrum, let me just encourage you in this today as we sit and we talk, is I'd like for you just to ask God to open your heart and your ears on what he wants you to hear. He gave me my own message through this process, and my hope is that he'll give you yours. So let me just pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. Heavenly Father, I'm reminded once again as I stand up here how I have no idea where people are in their life. Whether they're fighting an intense battle right now, whether they're experiencing great joy, I don't know, but you do. So, Lord, I would just ask you, please open ears and hearts only to hear what you want them to hear. And let the words that I say be exactly what you would have me say, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for the morning. I lift all this up in your precious name. Amen. So the concept of being enlisted really starts with the very last words that Jesus himself spoke. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, I have all authority. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds like a commander. I think he could easily live under that label as the commander. And then, hey, I want you to go do. Sounds like a mission. Sounds like a very clear mission to go do. Go make disciples of all nations. And if commander and mission isn't maybe enough to get you thinking about this soldier, consider the fact of the enemy. The enemy is mentioned a number of times throughout Scripture. Jesus talks about the enemy. The Apostle Paul writes frequently about the enemy. And then Peter, I think, captures it 
so powerfully when Peter describes the enemy as one who prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour people. That's pretty intense, looking to devour people. Or said differently, I think, looking to keep people far away from God. If the enemy can keep us fully separated from God, then he's doing what he intends to do. And if the mission and a commander and an enemy aren't enough, there's battles to fight. In James 4, 7, you read, submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resist. Just the sheer idea of resistance suggests that we're in for a fight, a pushback, a step away from. Resist what the devil's doing. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dana shared some of the story of C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters. And for those of you who haven't read the book, it's this story about this junior demon who's being trained to keep the subject of the book away from God. And the book itself is just a series of letters from the senior training demon who's saying, do this and do that and keep him distracted, keep him far away from God. I'm not sure if you've considered the fact that we are fighting battles. These battles are real. The truth is that each of us is often faced with temptations in our life that draw us away from God. Look at this. It's more attractive. Look at that. It's more attractive. The world loves to do that to us. These battles, they're real. They are real battles. And if commander and mission and enemy and battles aren't enough, then let me suggest to you what the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 through 4, what he says. And this is actually the core text of the entire message of enlisted. Paul says this to Timothy, you therefore my son, sometimes I insert my own name, you therefore Craig, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Then he says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, then you know that often it can be a little bit difficult. It can be tough. It can be challenging. Sharing your faith with others, that's kind of scary and can be at times very uncomfortable. Committing to live according to God's moral standards versus what the world would say is okay, that sometimes can be really, really challenging. I mean, showing up early to church to set up cones, to develop children's programs so that kids can be dropped off, truthfully, that can be very inconvenient for the people who do that. Giving money or food or clothing to friends or neighbors or strangers. Sometimes that can be a bit awkward. It can be hard. But Paul said to Timothy, look, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Why? Just so that we can please the one who enlisted us, so that we can please the God who calls us. See, Jesus says himself in a number of places uh, throughout the New Testament, this idea of you're going to have trials and tribulations You're going to have conflict. But I think few verses so powerfully point out the contrast of this battle here 
and what's available to us than John 10.10. And in John 10.10, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That sounds terrible. And if it stopped there, I think it would be terrible. But then Jesus goes on. He said, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The New Living Translation, it says, to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, the enemy wants to destroy, keep us separate from God. Occupy us with all the things that the world says are important so that we're not looking towards Jesus. But Jesus says, no, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Look towards Jesus and be occupied by him. What I find so fascinating about this verse is that I think Jesus is talking about here and now. You know, when you step into eternity, there's no enemy there trying to fight, trying to steal and kill and destroy. Heaven is where our holy God lives. There is no tension there. I think he's talking about here and now, but Jesus says here and now, I want to give you life and give it to you abundantly. But truthfully, I don't know that everybody would say they're experiencing an abundant life. You know, the American Psychological Association says that 60%, 6 in 10 of Americans believe that we're at the lowest point in the history of our country. Anxiety or stress from work or finances or health care, these are topics that grab the attention of people. And it doesn't feel like an abundant life many times. But does it have to be that way? This truth kept running around in my mind. If Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly, why don't so many people have it? Now, first, realize when I say abundant life, I'm not talking about having everything we want, doing everything we want, and living free from tension and pressure. That's made up abundant life. That's not real. I'm talking about a life that embraces the fullness of God. And then as you embrace the fullness of God, it reflects the characteristics of Christ. When you can have joy in the midst of a really difficult circumstance, that's part of the abundant life. When you can show love and patience in the midst of significant disappointment, I think that's the abundant life. When you can show self-control right in the middle of intense temptation, that's the abundant life. See, the abundant life from Jesus and the abundant life that the world wants to convince us of is true, they're two very different things. And it's important to understand the differences so we can live in light of the truth and not in light of the lies that we often will hear around us. See, the message of enlisted really centers on three truths. Three powerful truths found in the pages of the Bible. And these truths serve as a powerful invitation to a life filled with purpose and impact. A life filled with purpose and impact. And the enlisted soldier of Jesus has that opportunity right in front of them. And I want to take you through those three truths. Because truth number one is this. When you surrender to Jesus, you are automatically enlisted as a soldier. You are auto-enlisted. See, saying yes, Lord, I want you to lead my life. Lord, I want to surrender to you. Saying yes, you're saying yes to his mission. You're saying yes to be part of what he wants to do with your life. Think about it like this as a contrast. 
You know, when males turn 18 in our country, you have to sign up. Most, for the most part, you're required to register for selective services. And so you sign up, you become eligible to be drafted into the military. But we haven't had a military draft since 1973 in our country. However, when you do sign up, it doesn't mean active service. It doesn't mean now you're a member of the armed forces. And it definitely doesn't mean you're going to be put in an active battle zone. See, really, the registration process has zero effect often on how people will live their lives. They sign up, submit their paperwork, and go pursue their goals and dreams in any way that they attend or that they intend to. But that is not God's program. That is not the follower of Jesus. In fact, when we turn away from sin and we say, Lord, I want you to lead me, we're not only registering for service, but we're actually expected to be ready for active service. The Apostle Paul described his own life change in Galatians 2.20 in this way. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And this life I now live in the flesh, like right now, this life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, Jesus gives us a new life, but that new life's designed to reflect our new faith. We're called to be auto, we are automatically enlisted. Really, the only decision we make is whether or not we're going to be in active service. Are you going to be in active service? Or as I like to think of it, no service. We get to make that choice. But that takes me to truth number two, which is just this, is we're called to active service. We are called to active service. When we surrender leadership of our lives to Jesus, we're equipped with gifts. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and brings with it gifts designed to enable us to take a very active role in the work God is doing, the work of building his church. We might share the message of Jesus with some friends. Maybe we invest in others to become more fully devoted followers. Share Jesus, become more fully devoted follower. Does that sound familiar to anybody? If you were here last Sunday, you heard Rick talk about it as the mission of the harbor. But truthfully, it should be the mission of every church that calls Jesus Lord. See, being a devoted follower requires active service. I think James captured this same perspective really well, just a bit of a different angle. When in James 1.22, he says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. This means if we come to church on Sunday, and even maybe we open our Bible a little bit on Monday, but if we don't get active in what God is doing in the work he planned for us, then we may be deluding ourselves. We could be simply convincing ourselves of something that isn't true. Remember what God did as described in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 10. It says, for we are his workmanship. Catch this, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We're created in Christ for good works. doesn't say we're created in Craig for good works. Yet I often would lead my life as if that's the truth. What I love so much about Ephesians 2.10 is the two verses before it, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. In those verses, you read about being saved by grace, 
not of our own effort so that we can boast, but because of what Jesus did. See, this is an important truth to understand, that the saving work was done by Jesus, but the proclaiming work is to be done by us. Jesus saved, but now we get to go proclaim. We're expected to be in active service. Really, in active service, it's where the power of God can most show itself. See, Jesus charged his people with a mission, but then he equipped his people to be part of what he's doing. When we say yes to what God has for us, we're saying yes to active service. And what's so fantastic about that is it takes us to the third truth, which is this. Active service is the path to an abundant life, to the abundant life that God described, what Jesus describes. Active service is the path to the abundant life. It's available to those who say yes to being active in what God has uniquely designed for you. I mentioned earlier that John 10.10 verse, and he meant it for here and now for our time on earth. Without a doubt, there's going to be an abundant life in eternity where we get a chance to worship Jesus day in and day out. But what about now? Jesus himself said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. You know, the first time I read that and thought about it, I thought, man, that's pretty big. Jesus says, you will do greater works than me because I'm going to the Father. I say, how is that possible? Jesus said, I'm leaving you the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm equipping you. You on your own for sure could not do it. But me in you, now you can. See, active service puts us right in the middle of what God's doing. Not only in other people, but in, our, in us, in ourselves. When you take the time to share the message of Jesus with another person, you are immediately taking your eyes off of you and putting it on them. When you reflect the character traits of Jesus, like honesty or integrity or forgiveness, that changes your heart. It makes an impact on you that can be reflected to others. When you say yes to the invitation to serve at your church or in your neighborhood or to go downtown and feed the homeless, that's active service, drawing us into the work God is doing, and we can experience the power of what God can do. We can experience his power. You know, I remember the first time I joined some friends of mine, some folks from here at the harbor, to serve the homeless downtown. And it was really uncomfortable for me personally. In fact, I remember the day we went down there. It was really hot. It was in the summer. And the, what we went down there for was to have a church service, feed a meal, and then we'd, we'd do some cleanup. It was really hot. Well, a lot of the people who showed up, many of them, it had been like, maybe months, if not longer, since they even had a chance to take a shower. I mean, it was a situation that you get put into which can be uncomfortable. But I remember in that process, God showing me how to be kind to someone that I really would never come across them in my day-to-day life. In that time, God showed me how to be patient with somebody as they shared a story about their life that was so far away from the life that I was used to living it would have been hard for me to even connect and pay attention. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I could experience some kindness 
reflect some patience by being part of what God was doing. See, abundance is this. It's just more of Jesus. See, when we're active in serving him, our hearts change. And as that happens, the spirit living in us reflects more of who God really is. The characteristics that Paul talks about in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, more of Jesus means more of these. Now, I said in the earlier service, I'm, unlike Rick, I'm not an engineer. So mathematical formulas can be a little bit complicated for me. But I think this is a pretty simple one. More of Jesus equals more of these. And that is just the truth of the word. Have you ever known anyone who reflects these on a regular basis? Like for some of you, you might immediately picture somebody in your head who reflects the fruit of the Spirit. You kind of, you know, the, I describe them as like, they're like fruity people. Don't, I'm just kidding. Don't call them that. Don't call anybody fruity people. Even if they demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. But the truth is, the fruit of the Spirit is a reflection of what's inside of us. As that comes out, it reflects who's in us. See, the abundant life Jesus offers is not about what you have or what you do. It is grounded in more of Jesus himself. And the evidence of it is that fruit of the Spirit. You know, theologian R.C. Sproul said it like this, and I love this. He said, fruit is something that is produced in us. It is not of ourselves. Fruit is something that's produced in us, not of ourselves. We can't do it. But when we actively engage in the work God has for each of us and live as a soldier, that's when we're being changed and changed to look more like Jesus, which is exactly what God intends. It's exactly what he intends. You know, the book enlisted goes into a bunch of detail on many of these points, but really the core of the truth, of God's truth in the message, is that when we do surrender, it's an automatic enlistment. The choice is only if we're going to be in active service. But active service is where God can most show himself. And active service is a path to the abundant life. And here's the main point of the whole thing. If you don't get the book and you want to walk away with one thing, this is it. We're called to active service. That is just the truth. Are you living the abundant life Jesus wants you to live? And he has for you. If not, then there's a chance that you might be caught up in actively serving the demands of your own schedule, your own interests. The truth is, Christians today, in many cases, have made active service optional. They've made active service optional. It's like we registered for the draft, but then we went and lived our lives however we choose, neglecting the work God prepared for us, staying fully distracted by the work the world says we should be doing. And as many of you know, the world is not short on work that it would have us do. Think about how you would answer these questions. And these are hard questions, but I want you to be honest with yourself. Does your pursuit of success and comfort keep you from pursuing a deeper relationship with Jesus through reading and studying your Bible and praying? Is the busyness of your schedule keeping you from saying yes to serving others 
whether it be here at the harbor or in your workplace or in your school, does your desire to maintain an image and not risk relationships keep you from being willing to speak about Jesus and the good news that he offers? And if the answer is yes, I could just tell you that's not God's intention. That is not his intention. He calls us to more. He calls us to active service. And if we say yes, that opens up the door to the abundant life. For us to be ready to be his soldier. Now, I'm not sure what image comes into your mind when you think soldier. Maybe it's the image like this one up on the screen. This idea of fierce warrior. Uniform clad, ready to go in the battle. And truthfully, we have many brave men and women in this room who have done exactly that, or many people who have supported folks who have done that. And because of that, we get to live in this country in freedom. And that's an awesome, awesome benefit. We are blessed for that. But when you look at this image, the idea of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, those may not automatically connect to that. I will tell you kind of separately, I had a military person come talk to me in between services. And he said, you know, as much as we go to war, we serve many around the world in humanitarian ways. And that's what makes the military so, many things that make the military so fantastic. But image-wise, we often think about the soldier like this. But we don't think about the ultimate Christian soldier in the image of this. I think this is the ultimate Christian soldier. Think about him. He had a mission. He very fiercely fought an enemy. He battled relentlessly during his deployment in his time on earth, while at the very same time poured out everything that Paul wrote about in Galatians, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And then the last thing, before he left this planet, after he had done his work, he just said this, here's the mission. I want you to go and make me known. He gave up everything. And then his final charge, go and make me, go and make disciples of all nations. So where do you have a chance for active service in your life? Who right now is in front of you that's just waiting for a conversation about Jesus? Where might be God prompting you today as you listen to serve him more fully and be willing to be uncomfortable and inconvenienced and awkwarded? Actually, that, I know that's not a word for any of you English folks, but you know what it means. See, I hope you will pick up a copy of the book, not because I wrote it and not because I want to sell books, because the message of Enlisted, I think, is God's message. I mentioned this at the beginning of the talk, and here's why I believe it was true. You know, prior to receiving a physical copy of the book, I had in my mind how exciting and accomplished it's going to feel the day that I hold, hold it in my hand. Most of our exchanges with the publisher had been all electronic. So the day the first copies came, I was out of town and traveling. I couldn't wait to get home and grab a hold of it. And I got home, and I walked into the office, and my, my poor wife, I could tell something was a little bit wrong, 
And she's like, here it is. And I looked at it for the first time, and I was like, man, that's tiny. Like, that's really small. In fact, I held it up against the other books on my bookshelf in my office. I'm like, man, it's not even like a real book. It's kind of like half a book. And I am telling you the truth here that I was so powerfully disappointed. I was so bummed. I thought all that work, all that time, that's not even a real book. The next morning as I sat and I had my quiet time with the Lord, the book was sitting on my desk, and I I caught my eye, and again, and I looked up at the books on my shelf, and again, I'm like, "What? A, that's terrible. And I thought, I said, Lord, I'm embarrassed. That is a weak effort. And right in that moment, right in that moment, I had this sense of, Craig, who wrote that book? Well, there was no question who wrote the book because a lot of the time when I spent writing, I would get stuck and I wouldn't know what to write. And so I'd stop and I'd go and I'd pray and I'd go through my Bible. I'd say, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? How should I address this? And then I would come back and then I'd just write for a while. And so there was no question in my mind who wrote the book because God led the process. But I was so caught. And ironically enough, there's a chapter in here on pride. You would think, seriously, you wrote a chapter on pride? And then you're sitting there going, man, I can't wait to get... I don't know how big I thought it was, maybe like the Odyssey or something like that. I don't know what was in my head. But I was so excited and then so disappointed. But God was like, who wrote it? And then this came into my mind. I didn't hear it audibly. I just sensed it in my soul that God said, Craig, I will never allow you to do anything you can be too proud of. And believe it or not, I was grateful for that that day. It was right in that moment that I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for protecting me from my own self. That was the message of enlisted for me personally. I don't know what God would have in the message for you. But I pray that whatever it is, that it would be one where you say, thank you, Lord Jesus. For that lesson. Now, for those of you who are here today and you're followers of Jesus and you've said yes to active service, can I just encourage you to continue to ask God what he would have you do and where he would have you go? Just be available to him because he can often turn us in one way or another. Be available. For those of you who said yes at some point, but truthfully you sit here today and you realize that you've either avoided or you've slowly drifted away from active service? Will you ask God to show you where he wants you to go? Make a decision today to be in active service. Rearrange your schedule if you need to. Adjust your priorities if you feel like that's what you have to do. But engage in the active service that leads to the abundant life Jesus offers us. Finally, for those of you who are here today and you want a life filled with purpose and impact, and you hear the idea of a mission, fighting an enemy, battles in an abundant life, but you have yet to surrender to Jesus, I want to encourage you to make that decision today. You can decide that today. You won't shock him when you do. You can make that decision today by a simple prayer. The Bible tells us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. 
acknowledgement of our sin, turn from it and ask him to lead you, that's the path to active service. You become automatically enlisted and the abundant life that Jesus speaks of is available. So I want to invite the band up here who's going to close us out in one, uh, in one final song. But as I prayed in the beginning, I asked God, Lord, just please speak a message to each person. I don't know what God will speak to you, but I know that when we, with our souls, ask him, and with our heart, desire to hear, he's there. I pray that he gives you a message. Let me uh, close us out in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the day, for the beauty of the day, for the opportunity just to speak your message, Lord. I know for me, I was powerfully affected by what you had to say. And Lord, I would just ask that same thing for your people who are here. We know that you've called us to active service. Please strengthen us in our willingness and our desire to step into it, Jesus. We love you. And we lift up all praise in your holy name, Jesus. Amen.